We be saying no, 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 when it's really yes, 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 yes. Hi guys, welcome back to the Fem Phenom Podcast. My name is Angela and this is episode two. So I'd love to start this episode by giving you a recap of my week last week. Uh, the top of my agenda last week was to launch the podcast. And hopefully everyone listening to this one listened to the first episode, which was on therapy, um, which I would like to follow up by saying a few things that I left out of the podcast, which is one, therapy has many forms. Uh, this this whole notion that therapy is sitting down with someone one-on-one having a session is not a farce, but it's one facet of therapy. There are many, 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 many mediums that therapy is offered in or through. So let's not be disillusioned and think that my notes on therapy were in reference to sitting down with a therapist. My notes are were more so in the vein of getting the help that you need in whatever form you get it, but taking tangible steps to prioritize your mental health. With that said, as I was preparing to launch the podcast last week, I kept hearing my grandmother I remember growing up, my grandmother would always have this phrase that she would use anytime you would speak about the things that you wanted to do. And it wasn't in a dream killing fashion um, because she def- she wasn't that kind of person, at least with me. I can speak on our relationship. I know that I have relatives who listen to this podcast who perhaps have different perspectives. But for me, my grandmother was not the elder who took the 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 charge or the role of being a dream killer in the family with me uh with that said she would offer very sound advice when she would hear you or hear me talk about things that I wanted to do and something one particular phrase that she would always say was playing on repeating my ear as I took steps to launch this podcast And the phrase is more than a notion, notion with an N, N N-O-T-I-O-N, not to be confused with ocean, (laughs) the body of water. So anytime I would say, oh, I can't wait to, I don't know, get married. My grandmother would say being married is more than a notion. If I would be frustrated with my mother and say, you know, I can't wait to be an adult, and make my own decisions. She would say being an adult, being grown is more than a notion. I can't wait to go off to uh, college. Going to college is more than a notion. Um, I can't wait to get married. Being married is more than a notion. I can't wait to own my own house. I can't wait to have my own house, have my own rules. My grandmother would always follow with It's more than a notion. And so as I took steps to launch this podcast, I could hear her saying launching a podcast is more than a notion. And it wasn't, I didn't ever receive that advice in a deterring fashion to where it was to deter me from doing something. I always received it to mean that you have to consider all of the work that whatever you want 
entails. You have to consider everything that comes with whatever you want. You can't just look at the end or the reward that of what you want. You can't look at the rainbow or, you know, what you're going to reap or just the enjoyment side of it. You have to consider that there will be work, that there will be setbacks, that there will be damages, that there will be things that are not so enjoyable that come along with the thing you want. And so with that said, what you want is more than a notion. And I could hear her saying that as I worked towards launching this podcast. And I hear her regularly, but I definitely, there was a resounding voice in my ear saying that, you know, this is more than a notion because I did run into a lot of hiccups and a lot of delays and a lot of things that I just wasn't familiar with when anytime you 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 take on something new or start a new venture you really do not know what you don't know and until you (laughs) until you hit those hiccups you don't have the knowledge or information to fully do whatever it is you want to do you don't have the 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 full capacity to see whatever it is you're doing through until you hit the hiccup. So I think we have to change the way we look at, you know, hiccups or delays or, or roadblocks and consider that this thing is here to teach me what I need in order to go to the next space in order to move into the next part of this thing. So thank you, grandma. Uh, I definitely heard you. And I, I'm so glad that I saw this project through because once I launched that first episode, once I posted the link and once the podcast went live on iTunes, it just felt so good to have something that was an idea exist in a real space for it to be accessible to the world, for it to be accessible to other people in a medium that is structured in a medium that is efficient, in a medium that is convenient, in a medium that is real. It's not something that, you know, that I'm, I'm just talking about doing. It's something I'm actually doing. So the, the, all of the roadblocks, all of the setbacks, all of the frustrating moments were so worth it because now I have this actual prod, product and project that I have created, and I'm very proud of that. So... That was at the top of my agenda last week. After I launched the podcast, uh, so the podcast went live on Monday. Through the week, I was working on like the marketing and kind of streamlining a lot of the images and things that I want to use for the project. But on Friday, I went to try out a new vegan eatery here in Atlanta that is all the rave right now and those of you who live here certainly will be familiar with it Um, but those of you who don't probably have heard about it on social media or otherwise and it's called slutty vegan so it's a vegan burger joint black owned here uh, in the West End neighborhood of Atlanta and It's been getting rave reviews everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Newscasters and celebrities and athletes. And so the company started with a food truck, I believe, um, at Tyler Perry Studios. And it got a lot of acclaim 
from those who are working on projects at Tyler Perry Studios. Now it's a brick and mortar restaurant, counter service restaurant in the West End. And I have been hearing about it, but I have been hearing, you know, that the lines were extreme, that people were waiting in line for two, three hours to get a burger. And I'm five years into my plant-based journey. I'm not waiting in line for more than an hour for anything. I'm sorry. I can go to Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Kroger, Publix, pick up a few things and make myself something in much less time. I could also stop into a number of other vegan eateries around town and pick up something in less time. So while I applaud and I am happy that Slutty Vegan is getting so much business, Angela's not waiting in line for three hours to get a burger. (laughs) But I got the notion on notion. Ha! I got the notion on Friday night to go check it out. And uh, I invited a friend to go, but they couldn't. So I decided to pop by on my way home and just see if the line, you know, check out the line and determine whether or not I would wait based on what the line looked like when I arrive. Get there and there's about 10, 15 people in line, much less than the lines that I've seen online where it's wrapped around the corner. So I've, I park my car, get in line, order my burger, get my burger within 30 minutes and head home. Now, first thing I noticed is that the 30 minute wait was perfectly in line with how long I've waited at other restaurants around town to pick up something to eat to go. So I wasn't bothered at all by waiting 30 minutes. I will say this, though. If you want advice, if you haven't been to Slutty Vegan yet and you're looking to go, eat your burger there. I took my burger home and then settled in at home because, you know, when I get food for takeout or to go, I like to get home, get comfortable and roll my sleeves up and eat it. You know, put my put my caftan on, wash my face, you know, pull up whatever uh, show I want to watch on Hulu, Netflix, etc. Get comfortable and enjoy my food. So that's what I did. But (laughs) unfortunately, by the time I did all of that, the burger was cold. And so that's not a reflection at all on Slutty Vegan. That's a reflection on the time it took me to get settled in at home. I I did eat a few of the fries on the way home and they were delicious. I think they like use Old Bay seasoning or some somehow seasoning they use. And so the fries were great. Um, But the burger was cold by the time I sat down to eat it. And I knew that that was, you know, my bad because I waited so long to eat it. So I will tell you to eat your burger as soon as you get it. Sit on the curb outside because there aren't any tables. It's not a dine-in restaurant. Sit down on the curb if you have to eat your burger or go sit in your car and eat your burger. Do not wait until you get home. If you take a Lyft or Uber there, eat your burger on the curb. Don't get in the back of people's car eating. But but sit down on the curb, eat the burger, and then call for your car. Um, as far as the burger itself, I really am hesitant to give a review because I respect the business model so much at the end of, at the root of what slutty vegan is doing, they are introducing a plant-based burger option to a plant-based fast food burger option to a community that hasn't made the transition to plant-based living predominantly the black community seems to be the customer base that is supporting slutty vegan um and so with that said I think that's amazing I think it is awesome that the black community has been introduced to a plant-based option 
when it comes to burgers. However, because I have been plant-based for so long, I am not as, I'm more critical of what I eat when it comes to plant-based foods. So I have different expectations for plant-based foods than someone who is just entering, you know, the plant-based realm. And keeping that in mind, I have to be conscious of how I review this establishment. One is Black-owned. Two is offering a plant-based option to the Black community. And on, on those two things alone, I give Thuddy Vegan two thumbs up. As far as vegans with a more refined palate, you know, where like I'm looking for I'm looking for fresh ingredients. I'm looking for farm to table organic ingredients. I'm looking for cleaner gluten free options. I'm looking for a a non uh, grain option for like maybe a collard green wrap instead of a bread option at all to wrap my burger. I'm looking for cheese, you know, a certain type of cheese. I'm looking for soy free plant-based options so I can't I don't I don't I don't want to give a review rooted in my preferences because that's not fair I don't feel like slutty vegans base has the same expectations or palette plant-based palette that I have I'm looking for different things and I don't think slutty vegan needs to cater to my palate because there are other establishments that do that and I'm happy to support slutty vegan regardless of whether or not they ever accommodate my palate um for the reasons i said it's black owned and it's 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 offering a plant plant-based options to the black community so i support them wholly with those things in mind i will say though that some of the reviews have disturbed me because there is this misconception that veganism or plant-based living is directly connected to healthier living and that's not true there is an entire demographic of people who are junk food vegans. And Slutty Vegan actually acknowledges this, and I respect that so much, in their mission statement. So on their website under Why Eat Slutty, it says, We refuse to believe a vegan can't enjoy junk food. At Slutty Vegan, we combine superb taste with plant-based ingredients so you can remain vegan and get a little naughty. Now, I deduce this from the name. Slutty vegan, I deduced that it was going to be indulgent vegan food, you know, food, not not everyday food, but food that is rich and decadent and indulgent comfort food. Comfort food is not supposed to be indulged in every day. I mean, do you? But if we're if we're if we're keeping health at the forefront Comfort food, you can't eat comfort food every day and expect to still maintain a semblance of health. So I deduce from the name that it was a decadent vegan burger joint. With that said, I went into it with that mindset and I didn't have expectations of anything other other than that. So I wasn't disillusioned about the health side of it but I've seen so many reviews where people who are new to veganism or plant-based living and they're saying oh my gosh if I had known it would be taste as good to eat healthy I would have started I would have been vegan a long time ago and I'm just like no 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 this is not (laughs) connected to eating healthy this is decadent vegan food this is rich and delicious and indulgent vegan burgers these are not to be 
you know, like these are these are just as high calorie on a lot of levels as your other fast food burgers. They just are plant based. So I just need that caveat to be understood by those who are thinking of making the transition to veganism, because you will be disappointed when you look at the scale or go for your physical at the doctor and your levels are still the same. But I've been eating slutty vegan or eating food similar to that, eating junk food, vegan, eating junk, vegan food or decadent vegan food. And my health has, you know, my numbers haven't changed as far as my health is concerned. My blood pressure hasn't gone down. My diabetes hasn't subsided. My, my cholesterol is still, you know, through the roof. It will be because there are decadent and rich and high calorie vegan items on the market that are very delicious. With all of that said, I do also understand that when you transition, when you're newly transitioning into a plant-based lifestyle, it is easier to indulge in foods that share the same flavor profile with the foods that you enjoyed that were animal-based, that were made with animal products. So it's easier to still have your gooey cheeses and your sauces and your seasonings because it's hard to go straight from a traditional carnivore diet to eating raw, you know, cold raw food with no salt, no seasoning, no, you're not heating it up. You know, those those foods are raw foods are the most nutrient dense, but they're not going to have the same flavor flavor profile at all. So it would be very hard. It would suck. You know, I've done the transition so I can speak from experience. It would have been very hard and very sad for, to go from eating my steaks and ribeyes and 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 eating my prime ribs and rib tips not rib tips but oxtails and you know stewed fishes and all of these delicious decadent foods and then going over and eating you know celery sticks all the time or raw zucchini noodles with pesto it's just like uh, uh, no (laughs) that's not it I don't want this so I think that establishments like slutty vegan bridge the gap and though it may not appeal to my plant-based palate It may not hit all the markers for me. I applaud what they're doing. I love the business model. I love that it's introducing a community that is very passionate about food and spends a lot of money on food and shares, you know, like we communicate love through our food. That's the way we spend time with our families and the way that we, you know, love on each other is with food. So I I love that plant-based options are being introduced and, that, you know, soon the barbecues will have impossible burgers because I, I can speak from experience with, with this as well. When I go to cookouts and barbecues and gatherings at friends' houses, if I know the grill's going to be on, I stop by Whole Foods and grab some Beyond Burgers or some Portobello Mushroom Caps and take them with me so that I could enjoy the festivities and not be sitting there starving eating chips and salsa. I can bring something that can be thrown on the grill. So I think Slutty Vegan is also, places like Slutty, Slutty Vegan will also prompt a movement for people to realize that they can do this at home. Veganism or plant-based living is is something that I can incorporate into the way that I eat at home as well. It's not something that I have to always go out and pick up. This is something that I can prepare for myself and my family and my friends at home. So hats off to Slutty Vegan. Five stars to you guys. Keep up the amazing work. 
The last item that was on my agenda last week was to go and check out some cargo vans. I am embarking on another transition in life right now where I am planning to buy and convert a cargo van into a camper van and take on van life for at least a year. So last week I went and checked out a couple of vans that I found online or through friends to get that journey started. Um, None of the vans that I looked at were a perfect fit. So I will not be purchasing any of the vans that I've looked at thus far. But I share this with you because eventually this podcast will expand into a YouTube channel and a blog that follows my journey through van life. And in addition to sharing nuggets of wisdom that I have picked up along the way. So look out for that soon. Now that I've told you all my business from last week, I can jump right into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is expectations. I asked Siri to define expectations for me, and I'm not sure what source she used. I assume Miriam Webster, but Siri has a mind of her own sometimes, and she doesn't always let me know what she's doing. However, the, the definition she offered is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So from there, I googled the psychology of expectations and an article by that exact title from psychology today popped up and it opens with expectations are premeditated resentments. And apparently this is a slogan that's used regularly in substance abuse support groups or anonymous. So from there, the article dives into how expectations that doing something we've done in the past that has brought about reliable results is realistic. But All of us have our own desires and agendas and expecting others to act in a way that is consistent with our agendas will leave us resentful. It also says that expectations among people are often based on implicit social contracts. That's why I realized that what your expectations are based on is critical. I tend to base my expectations, especially where I am now in life, on observations. I'm one of those people who falls all the way back when I meet people. So much so that you don't even realize I'm falling back. I'm like in stealth mode when I first meet people because I like to sit back and observe you in your natural habitat. Like (laughs) as if I'm on safari somewhere or if I work for National Geographic and I'm observing a unknown species. I, I approach everybody that way. I fall all the way back when I meet people and I am polite. I go into this cruise control mode where you don't even realize I'm watching you, but I'm watching everything you say and do. I don't care about your sales pitch because I'm a believer that everybody is a CEO and sole client of their own PR agency. It's just like you pitch yourself to everybody and I get it. You have to do that. You have to sell yourself. But as far as what I allow myself to believe and as far as what I expect of you, that's all based on my observations. It's not based on what you said. It's not based on what any references say about you. It's not based on who likes you in this room. It's not based on how much money you have. It's not based on your status. It's not based on who you are, your title, what you do for a living, any of that. My expectations of a person are solely based on what I observe. And I gather a full and thorough 
observation. I'm not one of those people who look at isolated incidents. I gather info over time. I should work for the government because I am excellent at gathering intel. And I've gotten so skilled at doing it that when I'm in conversation with people and they're venting to me about their frustrations, about their wife, uh, partner, uh, child's parent, boss, colleague, whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank, whoever the person is to them that they're, they're frustrated with, I'm able to gather details based on the story they're telling me about the person to offer up as an observation that's in direct conflict with whatever expectations they had for the person. I'm just like, well, didn't you just say this? Well, wait, well, based on what you said about this, why would you have that expectation of them? And it's always there's there's usually always like a backward and forward for, you know, initially when I pose that question. But we always arrive at the same conclusion. And at, at a certain point, they always say, you're right. I just expected them to be better or I just expected them to be the best version of themselves or I just expect, you know, I'm the kind of person who believes that people, you know, that they're isolated incidents and maybe, you know, what I saw of them was isolated. Maybe that wasn't who they were. I didn't want to jump to the conclusion that on what I saw or what I was told was who they were. I wanted to make have my own opinion and I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm just like, but even after you did that, they exhibited behavior to show you who they were. Didn't my Angelou tell us when people show us who they are, believe them? Why didn't you believe them? You right. The response is always you right. And I'm not a person who needs to be right. I'm at the point in life. I don't need to be right. And anybody else be wrong. I'm just out here trying to get gather understanding. My whole thing in life right now is to ha gather understanding to gather info. It's just like, I don't, there isn't the whole right and wrong thing that, that we get caught up in is a deterrent from all that exists you know like there's so many perspectives and there's so many ways to look at the same thing so to take the position that there is right and wrong is to say that there are only two perspectives and that is not true I know that to not be true so I don't care about right and wrong I don't need to be right I'm trying to offer you some insight as as far as accountability at the the crux of this expectation argument for me is accountability you have to be we have to be accountable for our own expectations somebody can't let me down if I didn't expect anything from them somebody can't disappoint me if I didn't expect anything from them I when I say that I fall back and observe people I'll give you an example. There was this guy who wanted to date me and we hung out a couple times. Really charming guy. Nice guy. Very generous. Very uh, put forth a lot of effort to court me, woo me, take me on dates, all of those things. In my observation period, I observed him talk to his mother, his child's mother and his grandmother over the phone, over FaceTime and in over in phone conversations and I observed the way he spoke about them. All of the things that he was doing to woo me, all of that was an effort to present himself to me. He was selling himself to me in all of those efforts. So I dismissed all of that. What I did observe and what I took to have substance was what he was saying and doing when he wasn't trying to pitch himself to me. So in the conversations he was having with his child's mother, with his mother and with his grandmother, he would use derogatory language. He would raise his voice. He would hang up the phone on them. He would be dismissive of any, you know, any 
issues that they would bring to his attention. And at the point that I observed this happen several times, I concluded that I was never dating this guy. And but I would still, you know, hang out with him because he was a cool person and he was very interesting. But I just I'm not the kind of person who needs to date people to keep company with them. You know, like I can I can we could be homies. I can go out and have a good time. You might not ever enter my intimate circles. We not might not ever be friends. I might may, may never trust you enough to be my friend and certainly not enough to date you. But I could still, you know, like you could be, we could still network. We might be able to do business together at some point. But, you know, like there's other purposes we can serve in each other's lives outside of romance and friendship. I don't dismiss people the way I used to. So I realize that everybody has a purpose they can serve. Everybody has talents and strengths that could be of use to something that I'm doing. So I, the, he was cool. So I was fine with us hanging out and that he started pushing for us to be in a relationship and I would always dismiss it, you know, rather casually. And at one point he insisted on an answer. Like, I want to date you. I don't want to just keep hanging out. What's up? And I felt it prudent to let him know the truth. I said, I could never date you because you don't respect women. And he was insulted. He was so upset. What do you mean I don't respect women? I was raised by women. I love women. Uh, I want to have a daughter someday. Uh, da, 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 da. And I'm <laughs> I'm sorry it's not funny, but I, I just I, I was sitting there watching him explode in response to me saying he didn't respect women. And I'm not responding to the anger or the, you know, anything that he's doing in this presentation you know, of being insulted, I am because I've gathered facts. So there's nothing he's going to say that would be in in contrast to what I've observed him do. Anything he's saying is for him to clean up his image, or maybe he doesn't even understand, you know, his behaviors or the way that he's been approaching women. But I've had a, 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 a great amount of time to observe him. So I'm confident of, you know, what I'm saying. And I tell him I've observed these conversations and you've just been very dismissive, disrespectful and derogatory towards women who are key figures in your life. And if you would do that to them, you'd have no problem doing that to me. I'm not willing to trade spaces with any of them and be in the position of being disrespected by you. And with that said, I think you're a cool person. I'm happy for us to keep hanging out, but I'm not interested in dating. And he was offended and it took him some time to wrap his head around it. And we still talk from time to time now. Um, and he still makes it known that he wants us to date. <laughs> and I am still adamant that that's not happening. But I said all that to say that my, I, he didn't let me down. He didn't disappoint me and he didn't frustrate me because I didn't have expectations of him other than what he had already shown me. I didn't expect him to do more than what I had observed of him. You know, right now there's this big hoopla in the in the news with Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson and Jordan Woods. And at the root of it, this man, Tristan showed Khloe who he was when she met him. He, he had a child in utero he had a woman pregnant and you he's dating I don't care what they have decided about what the what the future of their relationship would be when a child is in utero 
all bets are off. You don't know what'll happen when that child is born. Even if they say they've broken up, you don't know. Oftentimes, guys don't even consider it cheating to have sex with their baby mama. And if you really want to get as a woman, if you really want to get perspective as far as where things stand between a man and a woman, it's better to talk to the woman, especially if she's pregnant. She'll let you know if they're done or not. You can't believe what he says. So, but from, but from what you, you've observed, he've got, he's gotten somebody pregnant and is now willing to move on emotionally with you. And you somehow have an expectation that he is going to be better to you and be more loyal to you and be the, the the person to you that he couldn't be to this woman who's having a child. All of this, this is not to harp on cult Chloe. This is not to, you know, make a observation of the Kardashians. I definitely have feelings about them, but I will not waste my <laughs> time even addressing that here. I, I said all of that to say that we have to be accountable to ourselves for our expectations of people. We have to be accountable for wh what our expectations are based on. You, We cannot expect other people, expecting other people to do what is in our interest, but not in theirs is unrealistic. The only successful manner that I have been able to have an expectation of people is to observe them and, and establish an expectation based on my own observations and not anything they say and not my own interest and not my agenda, not what I need them to be for me or want them to be for me or where I could see them fitting into my life, but acknowledging who they have shown me they are and setting my expectations from that place, not on some un undiscussed social contract, some implied agreement we had but on what I've observed of them. And that hasn't failed me yet. So do with it what you will. But when you are, when you find yourself frustrated with someone, ask yourself why you expected them to do something contrary to what they actually did. Was their behavior rooted in who they have shown you they are? Or is there, is there behavior contrary to what they've shown you they are what is your expectation of them based on an observation or is your expectation based on what they've told you or what you want them to be or who you want them to be oftentimes our expectations of people are more of a reflection on of us than it is of who these people are of who they've shown us they are and so go for it with that and do what you will Please send me your feedback on the topic. You can DM me, tweet me, or email me. Uh, I am the Fem Phenom on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You could also email me at thefemphenom at gmail.com. So I'll close this episode by asking you guys what you're reading. I love books and have started book clubs with friends. But I'm at, I, you know, I just can't lie to myself anymore and let my friends lie to me about their love of reading because they do not share the same affinity for reading that I do. They come to the book clubs, meetings, eat the snacks and don't read the books. <laughs> so 
I'm going to close each episode going forward with what I'm reading. And if you all care to read along with me or share with me what you're reading so that I could read it in the following week, I would appreciate that. Um, But this will be a book club of sorts for me where I can hold myself accountable to reading a book a week, which is very practical, um, depending on the size of the book. But giving myself seven days to read a book is, I think, pretty generous. So and it will challenge me to read more books because I love reading and get 52 books read in a year, which would be pretty dope. So right now I am finishing up a James Baldwin book that I've been reading for a while called Just Above My Head. I have uh, less than 100 pages to go on that. I have also recently started reading When I Was a Slave, which is memoirs, a collection of memoirs from the Slave Narrative Collection edited by Norman R. Yetman that I purchased years ago and finally picked it up. And I've been reading a selection every day The the each piece in this collection of memoirs is just like two or three pages. So every day I read an excerpt from this book. But going forward, I want to read at least one book a week and share it here with you. So Let's look forward to that and send me send me some suggestions as far as what you guys are reading and we will pick it up here next week. So thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.